This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Damian Bolwa, and this is Fifth Admission. Friday is Veterans Day. To mark the day, we have a story about what's possible when we provide a helping hand to people most in need. The story is about the Edwin M. Lee Apartments near Oracle Park in San Francisco, named after the late city mayor. When they opened recently, they became state-of-the-art supportive housing for 62 formerly homeless veterans. My colleague Kevin Fagan, who's been writing about homelessness for the Chronicle for almost 30 years, has been spending time at the apartments. He writes that they're a model for how to attack what is perhaps San Francisco's most visible and heart-wrenching problem. We'll discuss why the national homeless count among veterans dropped dramatically from 2010 to 2016, but then stalled under the Trump administration. We talk about what else the city's doing to lift veterans from the streets, and we ask what lessons there are to be learned in a city that still often fails to care for its most vulnerable residents. Kevin, how are you? Hey, I'm fine, thanks. Kevin, why have you been spending time at the Edwin M. Lee Apartments? Well, Back in August, I decided I wanted to go look at what an ideal supportive housing complex would be like, because I've been covering this subject as a long time, as you know. And it occurred to me that the veterans complexes have more resource and just more capability than most because they have extra federal funding. And this had become a big deal in the mid-2000s, which I had covered, and I wanted to kind of catch up on it. So i checked around, and the Edley Apartments had just been opened about a year ago. So I rolled over there, and I was blown away. This place looks like market housing. I mean, I would live there. Most people would. It looks like something where you'd you know spend a million bucks on a condo. And I got to know some of the folks in the complex. The people who ran the complex came and talked to me, of course. But then Leah Suzuki, this terrific photographer we have, and I spent some time at public gatherings they had there, some meals, went into people's units, and we were just really touched. These were homeless veterans who had a range of issues from PTSD to just simple, you know, homeless issues that a lot of folks have on the street. And they got taken into this ideal looking place, situated, stabilized, nurtured, and they had become their best selves. It was really wonderful to see. I have a soft spot for vets because both my parents are vets, like a lot of folks. But Kevin, we've talked about this is this is how it ought to be, but but this isn't how all supportive housing that tries to lift people off the streets in San Francisco is. There's a lot of places that don't look like this. Yeah. The, the, the trouble is the city tried for decades and is still trying to bring supportive housing up to scale to meet the, the need. There are about 20,000 homeless folks in San Francisco throughout the year. And, you know, thousands of them are chronic folks, you know, meaning they're on the street for a long time, have disabilities, and they need to be housed. So those are the ones you want to put into supportive housing. And it's expensive to build stuff around here. We spend a lot of general fund money, a lot of 
matching grants and it takes anywhere from two to five years now to build something. And it can cost up to $750,000 a unit. And what makes the veterans housing arena different is that the, the VA and HUD and the USICH, which is the United States Interagency Council on Homelessness, they focus on vets. And they were focusing heavily under the Obama administration from 2010 to 2016 to really marshal housing assistance, support assistance, take counselors from the VA that already exist and then situate them in, in these complexes. And it made a huge difference. It brought the number of homeless veterans in America down by 47% and in San Francisco by 45%. And then in 2016, it stalled. It just kept... What happened? Well, the the Trump administration did not prioritize homeless vets the way the Obama administration had. And that program under Obama, by the way, was partially conceived by Josh Bamberger, a doctor here in San Francisco. There's a local angle to that. He went back to Washington and helped a team come up with the, the housing first approach. The Trump administration was not as enamored of housing first. And so for the next four years, it stayed flat. There wasn't new funding, new attention, new focus on the issue. And then when Biden got elected, he refocused the HUD and VA and the other agencies involved federally in USICH. And they've made a difference just in the last two years. And it looks like there might be some really good progress being made and yet to be made this coming year. I mean, does it show, Kevin, that that progress is possible? I mean, you say there's been progress, but progress has been stalled. I mean, what, what people always wonder is, is what's possible when they see people suffering on the street? It does show that there's progress that can be made. Some of the national experts I talked to, for instance, Anna Leva at the National Alliance to End Homelessness, said that this can be the, the what they call the proof point, showing, demonstrating that if you put this kind of resource into the issue – it can make a difference. The uh, trouble with a lot of the supportive housing in San Francisco, as you know, Tricia Thadani and Joaquin Palomino pointed out in their terrific series back last spring and follow up since, a lot of the supportive housing here is in aging 100-year-old hotels, which are really hard to bring up to snuff, and they've been understaffed. Well, if you put someone in some place like the Edley Apartments, which is brand new, looks great, is super staffed, people will succeed. At the Edley Apartments, they have one case manager for every 12 residents. Now, the city target is one for every 25 residents. And unfortunately, what has happened over the years is at times we've had complexes where the case manager ratio is one for 100. That You're not going to spend any time engaging with someone who's troubled and needs help. You need to have people who are paying attention and helping people create lives often that they never had to succeed in, or recreating a sense of the ability to succeed that they might have had before. And I'll tell you, the Ed Lee apartments are just a terrific example of how to do that. Tell us about that. I mean, what what does it look like? You spend a lot of time talking about even just the design of the place. Yeah, it's over in Mission Bay, not far from the Giants ballpark. And it's a quiet neighborhood. You walk up to it and it's got this these angular blue-sided and glass frontages that that look like a marketplace or market-rate apartment complex. You walk inside 
and it's got a brightly lit, huge lobby. To the left are offices for these counselors that are, you know, ratio of one to 12. And they're, you know, they, they look new because they are new. And then you go through there and you get to a courtyard, which is gigantic. It's got a community garden. It's landscaped. It's got benches. You can sit out there and listen to the birds and look at the sky and, and be with yourself. It's got uh, community rooms, a, a huge community room that has a library in it, a common kitchen so you can have events. And here's one thing that sets it apart that you don't see anywhere else in the region and perhaps in the state. Across that courtyard is another complex identically built for 57 low-income families. So you got the vets that are mostly, they're all virtually all single vets. And you have LGBTQ vets, women vets, men vets. It's, it's, a, it's a good mix of, of folks. And they get to hang out in this common areas with, with families, with little kids. And that's regenerating because a lot of these vets are older. And when you get to hang out with little, little kids and, and moms and dads, you know, doing their family thing, it just, it broadens the scope. And I found that the folks I talked to really enjoyed that on both sides. All right, let's take a quick break. When we return, more with Kevin Fagan on Veterans Day about veterans housing in San Francisco right after this. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bolwa, talking to Chronicle staff writer Kevin Fagan, who's covered Homelessness in San Francisco and the Bay Area for years. We're talking about the Edwin M. Lee Apartments for veterans. Kevin, why is it called the Edwin M. Lee Apartments? Uh, obviously a reference to the late mayor of the city. Oh, yeah. He he had a special interest in helping homeless veterans. You know, I talked to him quite a lot, bit about this over the years. I don't really know why he was so interested in it, but he really, really put his shoulder into the issue. And in 2017, just before he died, he and I were at a supportive housing complex that he oversaw the opening of for formerly homeless veterans. And he said, I think we can get the chronically homeless veterans numbers down to zero, which means, you know, as soon as you hit the street, you're going to be placed in a shelter or housing within 90 days. That's what they call functional zero. And the numbers were looking pretty good, but it did not happen. This you know, homelessness is, as we know, a super complex issue and lots of different factors came into play. But one thing that happened was that was right around the time when the attention federally wavered and the same kind of resource and attention, so to speak, from the various agencies stalled. And then, of course, Ed Lee died of a heart attack and it's been kind of churning in place. But we're seeing some real progress now. There are millions of dollars of new funding for housing and services coming in 
this coming year and have been allocated this past year. And there's new housing being built. There's there's some progress I think we're going to see. We're going to see the, the homeless veterans numbers drop. Take us around the city. I mean, what else is going on in this space trying to help veterans? Well, Swords to Plowshares is the main nonprofit that deals with uh, homeless veterans. They've got a 100-plus unit uh, complex opening up on Treasure Island early next year. That's going to be huge because you get people in it, they churn, they go out to other housing. It it doesn't just house 100 people forever. It becomes a a bit of an incubator, so to speak. Their drop-in center, which helps direct people toward other housing, uh, vacant units, and there are a lot of vacant units in this city, believe it or not. That just received more than a million bucks to expand its capacity and its abilities. That's there's a there's a few programs like that that are going to be getting significant help coming up, and the the CalVet, which is the Veterans Agency for California, is directing millions of dollars toward San Francisco to also enhance housing and supportive services. Kevin, I want to ask you. Maybe a a little more difficult question. I mean, sometimes it feels like we're willing to go the extra mile for veterans in in a way that maybe goes beyond everyone else. And and obviously that's for great reason. These are people that have served the the country. But do you find there is some willingness among among voters and the general public to spend on veterans that, that perhaps not for the general population? You know, you're right. It is it is thorny and complex. It, I'm not so sure about the voters. I know the federal government at times will devote, but you have to you have to have a movement in federal government because there are years when it just doesn't move forward. I mean, there's a there's a song John Fogarty wrote that just came out a year or so ago that has a line that says, "We send you off to die for us and forget about you when you don't." which is about vets coming back. There are always complaints about inattention to veterans of all types, let alone homeless vets. There is a more emotional acceptance of trying to help homeless veterans. Some of the vets I talked to at Ed Lee, Margie, who's in the lead of my story coming out, said, you know, people say, thank you for your service. And they're, you know, they'll buy you a beer at the bar. But when they see you homeless sitting on the sidewalk, They don't necessarily say thank you for your service, even if they find out you're a vet. It's there's a there is a stigma and a reluctance to to step up, even for homeless vets. But thanks to the VA and other government programs that we have, they do get a little bit more attention. Kevin, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Damon. I love talking about this. You know, and while we're at it, it's Veterans Day. So I'd like to give a shout out to my mother. He's 92, a Navy vet, served in the Korean War under Admiral Nimitz. I love her to death. She's been a, a role model for me. And my dad was a Navy vet as well here in the Bay Area. He was based on uh, Treasure Island. Those folks we owe more than we can even reckon. How about you? That's for sure. I, I, I want to give a shout out then, Kevin, to my father, Bob, and my uncle, Jim, both Vietnam War vets. Thank them for their service. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. All right, I want to thank my guest today. He is Chronicle reporter Kevin Fagan. Thanks to Gary Baca for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.